Incoming message coming from a friend of the 588. Welcome, I'm Bastet. I'll be running your operation. The project's official name is the Adventurer's Research of Abnormal Civilian Experiences, or Project Arrowace for short, to investigate the unusual occurrences that have been happening everywhere recently. I've hired you all for your uh, indisputable military prowess. I'm going to be honest, I think we should run. Your academic expertise. I don't know, I'm not a wizard in real life. And your hands-on experiences. Tentacles belong in the ocean! I did lose, I also lost all my food, so Delphi, in a few hours you might start looking really delicious. Oh! Can everyone please roll for initiative? Oh! I nearly cussed so hard. Deck of Many Aces is an actual play podcast made by an all-aromantic and asexual cast and crew. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, releasing every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deck of Many Aces. Hello, hello, everybody, anyone who's listening, hello. Welcome to The Hangar. This is the show where we hang out and talk about the podcast Wing Women, which you, I guess if you've gotten this far, you have listened to. And if you've not listened to yet, please don't listen to this. I'm going to, first of all, spoilers. Second of all, why would you listen to the behind the scenes podcast before the actual podcast? They're doing recon. They're doing recon. They're doing recon. Okay, listen, Russian agents who are concerned we're besmirching your history, please stop reconning us. We are small. We are gay. There we is so little so we little can do. We have so little money. We have so yeah. little money. <laughs> we promise Wing Women is coming back soon. We're currently working on what the next form of it's going to be, but we're going to be in recording hopefully very soon, so you'll be hearing about that in the near future. But for right now, we solicited your questions on Instagram, on Twitter. Thank you again so much for uh, responding in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's jump in. Yeah. So why don't we start with this obvious one of how this all come about? Uh, so I'll, I'll take this one because I, I kind of had the idea for the show, and I will start by saying this show would be nothing without the people around me, um, both the people on the show and not on the show who have been hugely helpful in this. Um, I had an idea, but the reason the show is a thing is because of every wonderful human being around me, particularly Julianne. Hello. Hi. I'm because I didn't officially introduce myself. I'm Ju- we should do that. By the way, I'm Kevin J. McCann, and I GM Wing Women. Hi, and I'm Julianne Kastner. I play Tatiana, and I also edit Wing Women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check. Just ding. Oh God. Uh, yeah. No. I. Um. I'm very thankful for everyone who has been very patient with this process and has been participating in this process. Um, the genesis of it was in September of 2021. Uh, three things in a row happened. One, I did a production of a show that I felt a little underwhelmed doing as an actor. Um. So I was looking for a new creative outlet. I had been listening to a lot of. Uh, TTRPG podcasts, in particular Dimension 20, Dungeons and Daddies, Love Dungeons and Daddies, mm-hmm. um, and a, a few other ones. Uh, Film Reroll podcast was one that I really enjoyed. Uh, and I was getting kind of burnt out on fantasy, which I'm not a huge fan of, despite running a D&D game and despite TTRPG in general being a fantasy space. Um, so... I got to my birthday and Julianne, very kindly, Julianne and her uh, partner uh, 
bought me a gift certificate to the local game shop. And I went in and I saw this game, Night Witches, by Jason Morningstar. And I love Jason Morningstar's games. I'd played Fiasco and really enjoyed it. So I picked it up. Um, the That was the second thing that happened. And then the third thing that happened was I read the book and I thought, there's a show in this. There's something interesting. There's something that I felt like wasn't in the TTRPG space already, which was a no magic, very queer, very historical podcast. And you may have noticed that was September of 2021, and it is now August of 2023. Um, it took us a while to get the show off the ground, um, which I think was ultimately a good thing because it helped us uh, come out of the gate running. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm going to take a quick second to thank Kat Brennan, who was originally supposed to be the co-game master of this. We originally conceived of the show as having a day DM and a night DM. But uh, Kat was very booked, very busy, very blessed, and we were very happy for her. And we could not pay her nearly as much as this job would have offered her. No. I pay these people in pizza. Um, it's good pizza. It it is pretty good pizza, but it's it's not a it's not Equity House uh, nope. stage management wages. So uh, <laughs> yeah, Cat Cat uh, was not able to join us properly for the podcast, but uh, she has been a huge help throughout this entire process. Um, she has been in our group chat and consistently just like is reacting to stuff. And she tells me she's like, when you post things and share them in the group chat, I'm just like, because I do because I'm impatient and I need gratification immediately. So if <laughs> I edit a fun little moment, or if I make something I'm like, I want to share it with the group that I know will be as excited about it as I am. Mm -hmm. And Kat's always just like, Oh, my God, whenever you post something in the chat, it's always just so exciting. Because like, you're doing the thing you're oh. making a thing, which for the amount of time it took to actually as you said get it off the ground i'm glad that i'm very glad that we took that time because in that time was me at my job uh, my former job at a tech company where i was doing audio editing and so that allowed me to sort of like switch my brain to be just like how could we do this for a podcast and then also i was getting married it gave in addition to like us saving up for a wedding it also gave us time to save up for equipment i actually put these two microphones on my wedding registry. So life hack, if you want to start a podcast, <laughs> get married, get married and people will give you things and mm -hmm. it works out. Yeah. And I was just also so excited. There wasn't a lot of theater going around. Like there weren't a lot of jobs going around at that point. And the idea of making something with friends was really, really fun and a really cool idea to do. Yeah. So I'm glad that you approached me to be like you, the equally like stressed and wanting to make things of like, Hey, Julian, do you want to make something? I'm like, yes, yes, I want to make something. Truly one of the like, oh, I, like accidental asshole greatest moments of my life is when Julianne and I were talking about wing women at Lucky's Last Chance about 14 blocks that way, I think. And Julianne just pauses as we're in the middle of discussing like the logistics of editing and what they might be doing in terms of that work. And they go, Kevin, am I going to be on the podcast? And I go, I thought that was a given. Yes, you're going to be on the podcast. I, mean, I don't want to assume <laughs> there are a lot of talented people. There are a lot of talented people. And actually, I'll bring this into uh, our question from Mars Soltar, one of the, the questions, uh, which was, have we all played before? And what are our TTRPG backgrounds? As far as playing before, we did... Uh, uh, I'll call them three rounds of test games. 
So I think we had like eight people total that we contacted, seven people total who played. We started in uh, October or n- November of 2021 was our first round. And then uh, January of 2022 and then March of 2022 were kind of each set where we were just trying to figure out what the tone of the show was going to be, what we wanted to accomplish with it. And uh, some of the people who participated who are amazing who did not for one reason or the other end up being on the podcast include uh emmy parker who is a phenomenal actress um among many other talented talented things that she's good at but actress first um robin fender who is also a very talented actress she has one of my all-time favorite like cutaway moments where it, it we just cut to her and August like having a chat and she just did this <gasps> like unbelievably funny heavy breathing because she'd been running for the first time in years yeah it was and then so August character August was playing a character which it's like I don't know if it was an early radiation of Nino I think that I'm, I might just have to ask them about that mm-hmm. but it's just like they're doing the, to- the talk and so so smoothly August in the middle of like the sentence August goes and then I start doing one arm push-ups yeah. and just like boom and then deceased I was mm-hmm. deceased um and uh two more uh faith sullivan who is a lovely human being a very talented legitimate clown has a degree in clowning and was so fun to work with and then my girlfriend leah garwood she is the funniest human being i know on planet earth and i'm so mad and would trade away any human being on this podcast myself included myself first to get her on this show (laughs) um but she's great um so yeah, we mostly hadn't played f- together before. Julianne, myself, and Elsa are all in the same home game of D&D that Kat is also in, um, that has been running since uh, the l- early days of 2021, I think January of yeah. that year we started. Um, and that's how a lot of us kind of got to be closer friends, but I had never played with August before this. I hadn't played with Madison before this. Uh, I don't think Emmy had played a TTRPG before she joined us. Um, I know August and Madison are very experienced TTRPG players. I think myself and Elsa pretty much started with our home D&D games, um, which we did the first one in November of 2020. Um, and I, I won't speak for you, but... Yeah, I have a lot of games. <laughs> I have a lot of games going on. I think I'm in five right now. I love that for you. It's fun. I have one day where it's just like Brindlewood Bay, and then I'm doing a um, a spell jammer, a spell jammer D and D thing, mm. pirates, space pirates, and stuff like that. That's fun. Silly old ladies solving crimes, and then pirate. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. The two genders. The truly. two genders. Yeah. So the other uh, question from Mars, which is, uh, have you played Night Witches before? And what about the system is new to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you you are the more diverse of the two players of us. So I, I would prompt the question for you. What is new about the system for you? It's definitely more, I think, role play forward and a little bit, it's a little bit more open ended. The skill sets and the things that you're rolling for are very specific, mm-hmm. and sometimes it can be hard to find how to apply them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like it opens it up for a lot of things. Like an eyeball could be for a lot of different things, yeah. versus like an acting up could be like a lot of different things, which is why they also have like the little like acting up like a lady, acting mm-hmm. up like a natural born Soviet, and like all those other act, act up like a man, like 
it was definitely newer to me. Like I had a harder time getting into it because it was so open-ended and I'm like, where are the rules? Where are the rules? Yeah. Can I do this? Can I not? And then it was just like, oh no, it's, we're playing the game and it's yeah. fine. I was so thrilled when we got to this system because I, I don't know if I hate anything on planet earth more than, well, I'll start with Nazis, but then I'll go with D and D combat because I, I think it's just so, especially if you're trying to make a show, it's just so long and Boring. My auditory processing problem whenever there's a fight scene in like a podcast, it's just like it's out the window. Mm -hmm. It's and I'm like, and it's nothing to do with wh whoever I'm listening to. I'm just like, and it, I'm the same way at the table. Like I was playing a barbarian because I thought that'd be fun and quirky. And then I realized I'm like, there's nothing fun and creative I can do here. I just yeah. hit hard. And yeah. then it's just I I just disassociate until it's my turn to hit hard again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was so thrilled when I read this system because I it reminded me of uh one of my favorite movies, which is Raging Bull. And what I love about that movie is it's not a boxing movie. It's a character study. So all of the boxing, it's like, at one point it's like two photographs or it's like very, it's very like not, it's not about the fights. It's about the character in the fight. And I, I think this system is very similar. It's like the combat doesn't matter so much. The characters in the combat, they matter. And, mm -hmm. and like where they're coming in, what they're going to be coming out of it with, um, there's a reason there's not like a very specific system for if you guys get shot down or if things go wrong. It's just like, no, there's three options here. It's good, it's not good, or it's terrible. And yeah. that's it. And I love it. So uh, moving on now, th thank you again, Mars Soltar, for those questions. Um, uh, but moving right along, uh, first question from Will Cloud, which is, uh, what prompted covering the Night Witches, which... At least on my end, I just was so fascinated by the story. I had heard about it before, mm -hmm. and it's just so interesting to me, this idea of um, a very unique perspective on war uh, that you don't often get. And then also, in general, uh, TTRPG actual play war story, which there just isn't a lot of. And when it is, I... I uh, it's always it always turns into heroes, great heroes, because every system is like built around leveling up. And that's not what war is. It's not. It's not. And I, I was so thrilled to find something. And part of why I think there's so few war stories in, in actual plays, because you're playing like gods at a certain point. And yeah. every war story ever told is about people. So to have a, a system that was solely about human beings who get good at their job, but are always like one pair of snake eyes away from being dead is what was really thrilling to me. But it also yeah. is like as a player, I have never felt so powerless in that in a situation that I'm in. Like I remember doing um, uh, the test drives that we were doing and Tatiana was a much crueler person who had a girlfriend mm -hmm. and she found out that uh, she was going to rat out like some sort of secret and so Tatiana broke up with them and then also let it out that she was gay. And I was just like, well, it's a one off. So like I can I can do that. I'm just I'm just playing like what this muahaha classic villain character would do. And then in the next test thing, Kevin's just like, and we're going to pick back up. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you, what, what do you, I have to deal with the consequences? What? No, oh, I thought no. That, here comes the, the consequence, consequence, consequence. Here comes the consequence. Yeah. It was coming back to that and realizing that I'd have to deal with those consequences, not as like a god, not with someone with magic, but as a person was so terrifying. Mm -hmm. 
all of the combat roles are so tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just like it's a great system, and also like and a reason for digging into the night witches and everything. I think that there is a lot of male centric narrative when it comes to war stories. And part of what prompted wanting to have Kat on was I I was like firmly of the belief as I was developing the idea for the show of like, this has got to be driven by the the women of the story. I think that we've taken it from you anyway. Yeah. well, And that's and part of why Kat and I kind of agreed like it's not going to affect the show if we go to one GM was listening to those test flights. It's like, I I am, I very much let the players run the show and I just, I tend to like throw problems and see what they do. And we figure it out together, which I think is, I just think it leads to a fun time and and an interesting show. Um, But what that leads to is then that the driving perspective, the, the active agents in the story are, are the people with the perspective that wouldn't match the characters as opposed to the guy who doesn't match the characters, which I, I think is is valuable for what the story is. And for all of the antagonistic forces that are coming in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think you, you hit on something which was the perspective of women in wartime, which I, I think is a good opportunity to talk about some of the research we did. Yes. <clears throat> which... Um, do you want to take that? Because I know you ha- you've been more with the books recently. I can I have most of the names up here, but mm-hmm. if you want to talk a little bit about that, no, we um well, first off, it's just like this wasn't my first um exposure into the Night Witches. I found a podcast, and I think it's just called Night Witches. It has a blue cover with like a shadow of a biplane, and it took individual members of the 588 and like did these like 45 to an hour long episodes of just talking about their life their experiences in war and like firsthand accounts and like things that they said and it was so interesting and so it it had little fun facts also that really helped with me of developing like talking about how these women had boots that were men's sized and so the the uh, commander would just be like about face and all of them would turn in the boots instead of the boots turning with them. And then they would all fall over and they would be just like marching and the boots would be dragging and they'd be like, (laughs) why, why pick up your feet? And they're like, we can't. And also someone like used the plane and like hot water that was like boiled by the plane's engine or something to like wash their hair. And I'm just like, that is ingenuity that only women could have thought of yeah yeah um yeah some of the some of the books that we've kind of went through i i I haven't listened to that podcast the thing that we've kind of shared among the whole group and and with some of you actually um are mainly uh from the books the dance of death by ann noggle which covers uh all three regiments of bombing squadrons in the soviet union the 586 87 88 um and a book that I, I love dearly, and I, I will just go right now and say, if you if you have an interest in this topic, read this book, is um, uh, I love it so much, and yet I forgot the name. No, it's okay. Svetlana Alexievich's uh, The Womanly Face of the War. The Womanly Face of War. The Unwomanly Face of War. <laughs> the Unwomanly Face of War. It By Svetlana Alexievich. Been... <laughs> Do you want to retake that? No, no, I think we're going to just leave it like that. Svetlana Alexievich's The Unwomanly Face of War. It is a very good book. And actually, I have an antidote about this book. I had it in my bag and I my uh, my partner took me to like a work holiday party and stuff. And I'm talking to like one of the other like girlfriends or wives. And I was telling them about the podcast and how excited. And she's like, oh, my God, if you're interested in this, you have to read this book. And I'm like, pull it out of my bag. I'm like, you mean, mean this me? one? <laughs> 
And I'm like, I've peaked. That's the coolest I'll ever be. Yeah. But it's just like, it is the book. I I had a very visceral reaction uh, in the research phase of this podcast where we had gotten the team together and I had picked up that book before I was ever so briefly completely broke for the summer of 2022. And I just remember I was just kind of blasting through the book, reading it, reading it, reading it, coming up with... Uh, ideas and just like noting down little stories and i got to one description of uh the women coming home from war and uh. what their experience was and i just i i actually stopped and i i re-listened to our test flights and it's like we're we're respectfully doing like at best mash or catch 22 in our worst moments, we are doing like an NBC sitcom that is allowed to curse about World War II. And to read these very visceral accounts of, you know, women who survived horror, who lost loved ones, I was like, I, I'm like, we're in danger of doing something. I, I'm very happy with where we've landed. I think with those test flights, you know, we only had about two and a half hours to kind of knock them together. And, and also none of us have been in war. None of us have been in war. So I, but I think going into the show actual, you know, proper, once we kind of got some of the jokes out, I, I think we've hit a good balance with that. But uh, yeah, so that, that, I mean, we've done quite a bit of research beyond that. I've, I've literally been reading articles about like bombing, what the bombing planes in world war two were like, and what's the experience of flying these. And, you know, there's a, a bit in, I think red Phoenix rising, which is about the Soviet air power of what it was like to try and fly one of the P two bombers. And it's like, if you weren't careful, you would die because your neck would break on landing. Cause it was so brutal uh. or at the very least get like severe whiplash and be out for several weeks. It's yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to move on to our next question? Yeah, I think that's good. Oh, Kevin, how much preparation goes into each session and how much is yes and? Uh, I, I always land with a solid mix, personally. I, I'm a big believer in the, the GM belief that you can only prepare so much, so you should prepare everything you need to make it up. Um, I have pretty generally sketched plans of what the plot of each episode is and the benefit of the war story for the GM perspective and, and what I will absolutely suggest this system for, for nothing else is you kind of get to go, it's your orders, go do your job. Yeah. If someone's like, I don't want to do that today. It's like, you're in the army. You Fuck can't, you. you can't not do that. You yeah. go home. Observe. Yeah. You're either going to go to the NKVD, which nobody wants, or you're going to go do your job. Mm -hmm. It's one or the other. Um, so, you know, I, I always have a rough idea. So many sessions have turned into just pure improv. Our entire, I think it was fourth and fifth episode was the one where you were stealing the letter. Yeah. That one was, I, I had walked in with two episodes planned to be four and five. Those episodes became episodes six through nine <laughs> because I walk in and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to introduce that Sasha's got a gay husband and then Julianne goes, I'm going to steal my letter. Um, there's a reason why um, the entirety of season one was only in the training camp and only at the first duty station. And I think that's just entirely our fault. <laughs> but I, I, and I'm going to say I'm not mad about it. I, I think it's a I, I really like it's such a tonally weird show to think about. If you were like, I keep thinking, like, if we were to do like the Netflix animated version of the show, 
so much of what happens in the first season is going to get pushed to later seasons. Yeah. Because it makes no sense from a dramatic structure perspective. But as we were doing it, it was so much fun. And I, I think there is that energy that you'll also get. Like, I've done a lot of weird theater. And at a certain point in, like, weird theater, you go... You just got to go along for the ride because if you're there, the audience is going to try with you. And that's, I think, where we've landed. I And I, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, no, yeah. you've been trying and we've been really like blown away with how much how many people have been listening. It's it's more than the 10 people that we thought it would be. Yeah, we're, we're, we're especially touched by people like, thank you if you are our friend and you've been like reaching out and listening to the show. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. People who don't know us who found the show thank you so much thank you holy shit yeah um also tell us how you found out about us i'm just so curious um yeah um as far as another thing we were thinking about with this which was uh preparation you know we talked a bit about the research um as far as the actual setups for the the recording sessions and and how those go i i mean we have a, a cheat sheet that i provided with everyone which was every, you know names of people in in camp and their ranks and their roles very important with russian names yeah i'm a big fan of natasha pierre and the great comet of 1812 and that shit literally in the playbill had a list of everyone and their patronovich and, and patronyms and all those things and i was like cool stealing that thanks dave moy yeah um and uh so we have that generally um going into season two i'm gonna try and like have as many materials just ready to go as possible i always have the pdf of the game set up so that i can just control f find something quickly so we don't lose momentum um and then something that I think we've mentioned on social media, but haven't gotten into much detail is that I cook, generally speaking, for every session. Um, once we stopped hosting the sessions in my uh, former home, now that I, I no longer live where we first started recording the show, yeah. uh, I generally just will cover like takeout from a sushi place or a Indian place or whatever. But for a while, like, I, you know, we were crafting the name for the show came about on a day where I made full gumbo for everybody and mm. vegetarian jambalaya and uh we're we're planning to kind of publish those recipes soon but that is i think my favorite little weird detail of the show is i cannot pay these people unfortunately though we have been able to thank you all for your donation so far we have been able to split that up evenly among the cast um based on especially a little extra for julianne because they have been editing the shit out of the show love you um but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when we started this, I couldn't pay people and I'm asking very talented people's very valuable time to do this. Um, so I wanted to recompense them somehow and food is the best way I could think to do that. With that, I'm curious, what's the, uh, tech setup and the preparation for the tech side of the show? Well, yeah. Yeah. So what we did, as I mentioned before, um, we took about a year to, um, buy and, uh, I'm a big proponent of getting things secondhand. Um, if you're looking to do a podcast, there's two things you should know about microphones is that there are, uh, especially podcast microphones, there are condensers and then there are dynamics. These are dynamics. And condensers will essentially just bring up, it'll do like some voice leveling stuff, but it will also level all of the room tone, all the tiny little sounds, which is why people will get a blue Yeti and be like, why does this sound like garbage? And it's like, because you're in a non-soundproofed room. And so it's like, we knew that we weren't going to be in a professional studio. So I think that getting dynamic microphones that 
or cheap. And also these are SM58s and they are virtually indestructible. They're used mostly by singers and like... <laughs> I'm sorry, for those of you listening, I, I think what Julianne just saw go through my eyes was the, you know, the, the little punk hearted version of me going... Hearing the word indestructible and going, should I smash this on the ground? Please right don't now. Please and, uh, don't. And literally, there was just a brief moment. If you watch the video, you'll see this of me looking at the microphone, preparing to grab it, and just having to think calming thoughts. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please continue. Calming thoughts, please. I don't have another wedding to put a register. <laughs> I don't have another wedding to put a mic on a registry for. You can renew your vows. No one's gonna. No one should have to buy me gifts twice. <laughs> Anyway, um, each one has their own mics and their own like separate audio track that way that I can just pop them in and edit them that way individually or cut something out, cut off a, a cough or a sneeze or something. And then we have soundproofing as well, blankets and things like that. The one thing about dynamics is it's like it's a you do have to space people out. So in the first uh, recording thing that we had, everyone was like in their weird little corners and we, because we're actors and we like to look at people's faces and stuff, we often found ourselves doing something like, Kevin, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, Julianne. Yeah. How are you? And going off mic. And so it's just like in our new setup, although we're a little closer and sometimes that leads to bleed, which we've managed pretty well, um, we do get to look at each other mm -hmm. now. Uh, what are what's some of the other equipment and uh, setup that we use? Oh, yeah, we have. Um, well, we have this little thing right here which I'm picking up. This is uh, the Zoom uh, Pro Track or Pod Track, I believe. And it has four inputs. And because we're a cast of five, I usually split it up two and three. So like two people will be on it and then the other three will be on the other. And then I just hit record at the same time. And hopefully I can mush them all up and like get everyone aligned in post like yeah it, it is. There is something to say for the fact that like whoever designed podcasting equipment was absolutely doing it with like the Mark Marin, Conan O'Brien's of the world where it's like the host, the the morning zoo radio setup of the host, the clueless white guy, the beleaguered woman, and then the guest. So all you need is four inputs. TTRPGs don't work like that shit. No, no. We we have yeah, you have bigger cast for that. I will never fault a podcast for like having whatever setup you have. I'd rather people make the damn thing and like get to be like, I'm having experience making a podcast and figuring out what works and what doesn't versus mm -hmm. like waiting until it's perfect, which yeah. is also something I struggle with. <laughs> uh, the next question is from Ash Cohen. Thank you so much for your question, which was, what is your favorite TTRPG system that not enough people know about? Ash knows this because they are currently running a game for me with it. I adore Brindlewood Bay. Mm. It's if you are at all familiar with um, Angela Lansbury's show, A Murder She Wrote, you are playing as a little old lady who lives in a seaside town and you solve mysteries. And then there's also like this secret like eldritch cult at the bottom of it. And so it's like, first, you I don't remember that in Murder She Wrote. Well, no, it wasn't in Murder She Wrote, but it's in Brindlewood Bay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 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 only on like season two of Murder She Wrote because it's become my new comfort, my new favorite comfort show that it's I just great. put on. It's so comfy. Mm. It's so cozy, and it's like I love the cozy horror shit. Like that is so nice, and it's like ooh ooh. But um, I am currently playing this little old um. It's actually a character that it was um borrowed from Kevin's girlfriend Leah, 
um, when we did a Call of Cthulhu campaign, my Eli- Eliza Frisbee, the aging Hollywood star. And so it's like, I just sort of took that and ran with it. And she's like this transatlantic accent and like her mm-hmm. little cigarette holder. And she's always she's like, I'm going to quit tomorrow. And it's it's been <laughs> so delightfully fun. I'm playing with two other people that are just the most wonderful yes anders and we just crack ourselves up and so it's like i and it's also a really easy game it's just two dice just like wing women so it's just like if you're looking for a fun game where it's also not in like defend it's not a total fantasy setting it's more realistic than anything and it's more crime solvy it's i would highly highly recommend that that's probably one of my favorite systems that i don't think a lot of people have heard of yet yeah that's fair um I, I I wish I knew more TTRPG systems, and I I do know a decent amount. I'll I'll shout out everything that Jason Morningstar has done. Yeah. Um. He got a lot on Night Witches and Fiasco, but uh, like, I read the book for Skeletons, and it's such a beautiful little thing. And Cowboys with Big Hearts too. I'm such a sucker for Weird West stories, and he's he, Heaven's a cowboy. I'm a cowboy at heart. Um. Not to the extent that my brother is, who used to go to the rodeo on Long Island in New York, where oh I'm God. from. Yeah, no, can, you can imagine. Um, uh, there's a book I I came across at our local game shop. Shout out to Queen and Rook um, and The Keep, which was the the place where I bought this the Night Witch's system and have continued to come back to. Shout out their vegan menu is fucking great. Um, uh, Flames of Freedom, which is a uh, Grim and Perilous RPG using the Zweihander system. It's not an easy book to get into, but as someone who really loved Assassin's Creed 3, <laughs> lives in Philadelphia, and was a ghost tour guide for several years, uh, it's such an interesting, weird little game of covering the secret uh, occult war during the American Revolution. Um, I love the American It's Yeah. Yeah. Which actually leads into our next question, which is, uh, what is another niche historical event or group you'd want to see a TTRPG or AP for? It ain't niche, but I think that the idea of like a group of queer people existing in revolutionary war times mm. and uncovering like that shit. And there's like, they also have like the Jersey Devil, like is worked into it, which also is someone who grew up like very close to the boonies in, in like the Pine Barrens. I'm like, ooh. Ooh, I'm like, this is targeted. This yeah. is very targeted. I would love to do a actual play podcast about the um uh the Radium Girls. Yes. The radio if you're not familiar with the Radium Girls, essentially um radium, the chemical, the thing that glows in the dark, um, they had these factories where these women were painting dials and it was with this little glow in the dark paint, and they didn't think that it was toxic at the time. And these women were literally quite like taking these brushes with the radium and like straightening them with their teeth so they could like paint these tiny little numbers and they would get very, very sick. And the people who are like running the factories are like, well, we didn't know about this. They totally knew about this. I would love to do something like in the same way where it's just like we're treading a line where it's like these were real people. And Mm -hmm. I think that their stories are important to tell, but also it's like, how do we tell it? Like, yeah. That's my niche historical little thing that I would love to do something about. <laughs> um, I'll just pop out a few real quick. I, I Flames of Freedom, obviously, I would love if anyone ever does a, a proper AP in that. There's some one shots on the Internet and I, I just find it fascinating. Um, 
Uh, I've always joked like season two of Wing Women is going to probably be the gay conglomerate of the CIA, KGB, Italian <laughs> Special Forces, just the the secret Hellboy gay women who fought occult Nazis and other issues across the world. So I think that could be interesting. Um, we have to live first. You you have to live first. Yeah. Um, probably my serious answer would be. Uh, I really, I I think I've always wanted to see an AP. I, I really am interested in like kind of expanding the form beyond what it kind of feels like it is right now, which is critical role knockoffs or not another D&D podcast knockoffs, for lack of a better term. And I love a lot of those shows dearly. Um but it all it all comes back to the McElroy brothers and Matt Mercer um, and kind of expanding into it of playing with the form. So my answer is uh, I would love to see an, a uh, whaling. Yes. A TTRPG yes. AP. Yes. Um, I was looking for one for uh, our, our secret next little thing with wing women that we can't talk about. That I, I, And I couldn't quite find one, unfortunately. There, there's a few that seemed close, but... Um, yeah, couldn't quite hack it, but like the idea of like following a big group of people, like a a nine or eight person show on a whaling ship that slowly just turns into this Eldritch Horror thing, mm-hmm. um, a la the North Sea or a la um, Cold Waters, I think are, are the two shows. I, I might be misremembering that. Um, and as people die, they just leave the show until nothing is left is oh that would be so yeah, fun yeah that was the I, one of the ideas i had for this thing that we're not going to be able to do unfortunately but um no but yeah put that yeah put that it, away it's it's, it's like away. the other thing of and this is just because they just canceled season two all american girls professional baseball league a league of their own yes, ggrpg yes, ap yes, um yes. yeah i am slowly loving baseball against my better wishes go phillies go how mets do you know, how do you not like baseball I had to play it. <laughs> I played softball. I still like baseball. I resented it for years. <laughs> I, I still can't watch football comfortably. I When the Phillies were in the Super Bowl, that entire party, I was just like, I'm not. When I'm... the Phillies were in the Super Bowl? Hey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait I'm a minute. sorry. I reject my... I, don't, I live in South Jersey now. I don't got to know things. Yeah, um, you, I'm from South Jersey. Yeah, you do. Well, you live in Philadelphia. You gotta know things now. It's Taylor Ham. Fuck you. Um, oh. uh, yeah, uh, a league of their own. I, I that honestly might be the sequel to Wing Women. Is like you don't die anymore, but it's America in the forties, which is pretty bad. Um, I think that's gonna take us to our final question, courtesy of the Thorn Files podcast. Check them out; they're fucking amazing. Yeah, is. What have you enjoyed most about recording this season? So, Julianne, what have you enjoyed most about recording this season? Honestly, it's like uh, this isn't just a bunch of strangers. This isn't like a job that I'm coming in or mm. like that I was hired to do and like editing. Um, but it's like actually my friends, and so it's really, really comforting to just listen to your friends be goofy and also sometimes just like heart crushingly good and at role play and mm-hmm. stuff and then also get to have the wonderful experience of just like having that in your little ears for like hours it's just like it's really nice and it's like it gives me a whole new perspective on like just how freaking talented our friends are and mm-hmm. how much i love them and how much it's really fun and i think that um something i've also really enjoyed in like the post editing process is just like 
tightening things up, making sure that people stand out, like mm-hmm. things that are like tiny little asides that people just throw into the mics. I'm like, nope, loud and center. Like you yeah. get that. That's a funny freaking joke. And no one laughed in the moment, but I'm cackling in my little office. Yeah. Yeah. And then like um, the sound effects, like we've been playing with like some music, like characters have their own kind of musical and like like repeating themes that are coming up, which has been fun and sound effects. And Mm -hmm. for this next secret, secret thing, I'm very excited to get into the soundscape of playing with the secret things. Redacted. Redacted. Uh, Yeah. Um, I'll just say I, I had three great moments in the process of making the show. Mm -hmm. Um, the first was at our second recording session when uh, we kind of knew better, or not second recording session, our second practice session, when we kind of knew better what we were trying to do, and it all just came together. And I remember everyone left that, left that night, so it was myself, my partner, and Kat, and we were just chatting about it, and I said, that's the show, and Kat was like, yeah, that's the show. That's exactly what we're going for. Um, and then... Uh, when we actually sat down to record, that was again a great moment of like, we're actually doing this. Um, I think my favorite moment was when we recorded our uh, fifth episode, um, which was the one that pretty much opens up with Sasha walking in the tent saying, I need you to not do this thing because of reasons. And uh, the stressed, seeing the stress test that I was kind of throwing at the show, yeah. which is are we going to be able to survive the real shit? The things that are like true of this setting that we haven't gotten too much into yet, but are very, very like important to the story we're telling. Um, when I was able to just kind of sit, cause I didn't have an NPC in the room and watch the four people just shoot back and forth and back. Yeah. And you forth, just sort of drop that bomb and you're just like, and left and, and just like had a little bit more in there when, uh, August came out to talk to Sasha. Um, I was like, this, okay, we got something. There's there's actually something not not just good, there's something special here. And yeah. I, I was very thrilled about that. And the fact that we were still able to end that episode with a lot of humor was to me, it was like, and yeah, we're we're great. We're great. And the same thing happened when we did the the nightclub episode of like funny, 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 crazy, Ooh. crazy, crazy. Hardly emotional crap. drama for ten minutes and end it with a joke. Yeah, yeah. So that that's, God bless I think, Mads my... for coming in with that. I okay. It's not easy being the layup person. Everyone wants to be the Elsas of the podcast, the Michael Jordans of the Bulls, where you're just slamming in emotional moments every once Elsa's in a while. The Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, it's it's true, but no, I mean, like, you know, we we got some real real winners on here, and then Madison, God bless her, I I she can do anything, and the fact that she's just like in the background shooting absolute baskets and just knocking it out of the park with the humor every single episode, and then she has the capacity to hard pivot into doing the things of like, hey Tati, whatever floats your boat, man. It's okay. And like having that, God damn it. Like we all need our Scotty Pippins in our life. And hmm. Madison, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being my navigator. Mm. Uh. Make me the coach of the bulls. Do you want to, do you want us, because we haven't really landed on something that we would call Like we don't say game master. We just go, Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> we just go, Kevin. <laughs> do you want us to call <laughs> captain um, coach? <laughs> 
We'll save that for the League of Their Own yeah. uh, special. Oh, that'd be fun. The Game Master's the coach. Yeah, yep. the game. Yeah, coach. <laughs> and uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to Wing Women. The Wing Women will return very soon. Mm-hmm. We'll have some fun seasonal surprises coming up, and we are looking forward to getting back on track. And to everyone, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. And we are excited to show up again and get back into the cockpit and start giving you some really great stuff. And so, Kevin, why don't you tell us everything that you're planning for season two? So, first episode opens up. Olya, secretly a Nazi. Sasha, secretly a man. Tati, shot in the head on the drive over to the second duty station. Welcome to a fun little Halloween edition of our podcast, Wing Women. Have you seen Demetria, um, my navigator? All of the youngest members of the camp have gone missing. What is freaking me out is that something that I thought was a trick of the eye made material damage to our plane. What's going on? And then you just see a hand smash through the window next to her. This isn't real. This isn't real. Tati's gone. Tati's gone. She's She's not. No, she's gone. She's gone. They're not going to believe us. No, I think they would rather it be a UFO. 